I'm in D.C. this weekend okay. at the Improv, and everybody's, hey, man, when is the show? We got our tickets. Say it's going to be great. Like, I think uh, Thursday shows so are you sold respond. out already. Oh, good. Certain, like my friends and my friend, We talk oh. through the, through the okay. messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Thursday sold out already. Both shows Friday, both shows Saturday. Amazing. And I'm telling my friends to tell people to buy Sunday. Tell them to get yes. Sunday. It's like Sunday's a maybe big 50 night. Sick tickets left for Sunday. So Sunday's a hard night to sell, huh? It depends on where you are. Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. A lot of times on the road I realize Sundays sell out quickly because it's the last day of the weekend and people oh. are trying to figure, they're trying to find a, squeeze a little more weekend out yeah, of their weekend. Yeah. It's like, we got to go to work month. Is it only one show? On it's, oh, yeah, it's only one. Yeah, smart. And then certain cities, like if you sell out early, they'll start adding shows. Mm-hmm. That's when it's just a lot of work, though. And that's a DC improv? DC improv, yeah. Oh, that's, that's what awesome. I'm at this weekend. I've heard it's phenomenal. S- my favorite club People in the say that. People my say favorite that club one in, the in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh's good. Dallas and Houston, mm-hmm. great. Have I've you done Denver? Uh uh-uh. uh. Come on. It's man. good. I Come know. On. I've only done the Comedy Works out there. Uh, you know, so then you know, the Comedy Works is. is oh, I thought improv, you meant improv. No, the improv is the bigger Comedy Works. It's like oh, the same okay. energy, like that same energy oh, you get in Comedy see Works. I the people. Yeah, it's just. Because the Comedy Works, the setup is what I love. Like intimate, this, the low, low ceiling. ceiling the like seats go up. You're in a cave. Yeah, oh. yeah. But that same energy is in Denver. Oh, okay, okay. So, just period. Well, they're all high, and that's amazing. <laughs> like, they're just relaxed and they're smarter than us because they're like, yeah. yeah, we already legalized this a shit. A great comedy city. That's amazing. A DC, too, is a good DC, comedy, great city, comedy city, which I never knew. Yes. I mean, I do Philly all the time. DC, my... great comedy city. I love it because it's the capital. So they're of knowledgeable course. about any topic. Yeah, yeah. You can talk about politics in Ukraine or Slovakia. They're like, yep, we got it. Oh, yeah, we know this shit. And then you go Bible <laughs> they Belt. They just came through last week. Right, right. You go Bible <laughs> Belt and you say something and it's like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, we but, only do but this. But DC's like, we got everything you're talking about. We got it. Because the blinder cities, they wear right, the blinders. Right, Ugh, right. Those people should be. Yeah. Anyway, we just... <laughs> <laughs> those are flyover states. That exactly. We... <laughs> those are two plane cities. You got to take a big plane to a small oh. plane to get to those cities. Do you hate doing that? Absolutely. Everybody does Absolutely. that. It's like, oh, I have a connector. I'm like, yeah, that's the worst yeah. thing. Patrice O'Neill, Rob, may he rest in peace. He used to always say, if I got to take a plane to a plane to get to your city, I'm not performing it. <laughs> if I got to get on a little, I'm a big motherfucker. If I got to get on a little plane to get to your city, I'm not going there. One of my favorite people on the planet. Of course. Lately, I've been doing a Patrice O'Neill um, rabbit hole on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I'll just watch. And I remember your brother called in to O&A, and uh-huh. he was talking about his audition for Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got to pull it up. I didn't, I didn't hear it. I was dying. And you just shitting on him the it's whole time. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it's, up. it's like old O&A clips. It's right. so funny. It's not video. It's just audio. Okay, okay. But still, it's awesome to um listen to i mean i laugh so hard and it's like patrice you know you're your own worst enemy and he's just shit and the priest the tries to defend it and then everybody starts shitting on him but he's so good at getting everybody back right and him and louis ck on there that was phenomenal. the beauty the beauty one of the many beauties of patrice one of the many beautiful things about him was he owned who he was absolutely he knew that he burnt bridges and Hell yeah. He was fully aware of the fact that he could have probably been super colossal big, but he just didn't <laughs> care to. He just didn't care to. Giant. He didn't care to play the game. I saw him perform here once, one time, uh-huh. and he sat on the stool, and I thought, who the fuck does this guy think he is? <laughs> 
that's Paul Mooney's thing. Stand up, yeah, sir. Yeah. Like in my head. Yeah. And then he annihilated. And I was like, damn. And he would do this interesting thing where he would sit on the stool, but he would sit on the stool in the corner of the stage. Yeah. And I was like, what? It was almost like He's I off I, center. I call Patrice the Miles Davis of comedy. Interesting. Because he would do you know, nobody goes to, to the back corner no. of the stage and sits down to do stand up. He was still destroys. In the yeah. It's it's Miles Davis turning his back to play the trumpet. It's the same thing. It's like he's so good he can do it his own way. Yeah. And you're still gonna follow every note. I love that. Was that. Patrice. Yeah. Wait, so okay, how long have you been doing stand up? Guys, this is I've a comedy store comedy. Podcast, and we have Tony Rock here. I started so professionally 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 when i was like this is what i do it was a uh, 90 in the uh, 90 98 oh okay wow yeah. and before that i had been on stage at maybe 94 and bombed and 96 and, just, and bombed and 97 and was like this is like not, feeling it out feeling it out and I, what i would do is watch comedy i would go to comedy clubs because i would follow my brother around of course in new york and, or in new york LA. in new york okay. in new york and uh you know, I was underage and he would let me in the comedy club. Hey, sn- just sit down. Don't just, touch anything. Yeah. I would sit in the darkness in the back of the corner of the comic strip. Yeah. And I saw everybody. Jeez. I saw Jerry Seinfeld. And you're young and it's just coming in your head. I saw Dennis Wolfberg. That's hysterical. I saw Joel, Bol- Joel Bolster. At the time, was <laughs> I don't my, know favorite, that one. my brother's favorite comic. Joel Bolster. Joel Bolter. Bolster. I yeah. believe you. I uh, so Richard many- Jenny. Oh, yes. So I good. saw Eddie Murphy come in one night. The height of Eddie Murphy with 20 members of his entourage. Always my Leather favorite. jackets, leather suits, diamond rings, necklaces, bunch of girls with the puffy hair. Yeah, and the, yeah. It was insane. It, I was like, this is the greatest night this of my life. This is what you want to do. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's in the room and went up and did a few minutes in the room. It was so, He had such a big entourage, he killed just his people. Yeah. And because then, he he's like half a bringer, right? At and that then point. he he got off stage, and the room the room followed him out. Yeah, and I just thought like, wow, that's a really powerful thing he has there. When he would come here, he wouldn't perform Eddie at this because this was later in the nineties. Right. But he would bring the entourage, right? And they would all order hot tea, and I was a waitress, and I'm like, I'll kill everybody <laughs> in this group. Did I miss the party? Like, why are we having hot tea hot right tea. now? Wow. This is bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll bring the Coke. I know where it is. Like, <laughs> let's. I thought we were going to. But, yeah, I never got to see him perform. Yeah, but man, that's I, amazing that incredible. you got to it see him incredible. perform. It was incredible. And, I, like, I saw everybody. I was sitting in the back of the comedy clubs and watch. And then uh, you realize later on when you start doing stand-up, you can't learn how to do stand-up no. sitting in the room watching. You got that. You right. learn how to be. A spectator. Mm-hmm. The only way to learn is on stage looking this way. Yeah. So all those years I kind of wasted just watching. Like, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. And then I got on and learned so much more. Yeah. Looking what, this way. Were you thinking of getting into something else? Like, is that why? No, no, no. Uh, I was a... Uh, I mean, because you bombed, that's natural. But Yeah, no, I was I was afraid of that. When I bombed, it was, it was fearful. I, I didn't understand the dynamics of it. I just thought I was funny with my friends. I can be funny with the room, but... It's a totally different sense of yeah, humor. Yeah. It's a totally different, you know, mental muscle to be funny with your friends. Absolutely. These are people you know that know your sensibilities, know they grew up with you, so anything you say is Sure. Funny. And it, it, those are some of the funniest people in the world. Right. That, right. But they can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. And these are strangers. So it started with, uh, my comedy journey started with, I remember uh, my father's the oldest of 15. Jeez. Oh, my God. 
no, we're like yeah. siblings. <laughs> my father, my, dad's, my father is the my old- dad's dad was that man, like big Your family grandpa. like that. Yeah, yeah. My father was the oldest of fifteen, and uh, my father was the leader. Okay. So all of my siblings are birthdays. My dad would make sure all of his brothers and sisters were at our house for our birthdays. Wow. So he was very, very family, like strictly family oriented. Good boy. Like it was strict. It was a rule. So every birthday, my brother Andre's birthday, all my uncles and aunts and all my cousins. Yeah. Chris's birthday, all my uncles and cousins. My birthday, Brian, Andre, Chris, Charles, everybody's birthday, all my uncles and aunts are there and all my cousins. And I remember my uncles being super duper funny, telling stories and the whole house is just captivated by this one guy standing in the middle of the room telling a story. And I remember my earliest, like, er, as far back as my memory can go, I just remember watching my uncles like, this guy is in control of the entire room. Yeah. And everybody's dying laughing. How do you do that? How do you yeah. get that? How do you hold court? I didn't know what stand-up was. Right. Yeah. How do you hold? I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a job at all. I just knew that yeah. my uncle can stand in a room and level the place. Yeah. And how do you do that? How do you get now? You know, you know, you you're one of ten. Yeah. So just getting your voice out sometimes with that many Forget siblings it. yeah. is a, is a struggle. Awful. So now I'm watching this guy who's in complete complete control of the room. How do I do that? Yeah. Maybe it was just because I was you know so many siblings. I just wanted to be heard. Sure. But it was like I want to be able to do you're that. Like I'm funny too. Right. Yeah. And then and they're like, shut up. Then <laughs> the, the the comedy album started. Yeah. We listened to Bill Cosby. We listened to Richard Pryor. We listened to uh, uh, Dick Gregory. We listened to, and it was like, oh, this is, this is, guy is super funny. And I would go to school and tell Richard Pryor jokes on the school bus. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Cosby jokes and Dick Gregory jokes. And I remember one time my teacher, my mom was a teacher at the school I went to. My mom was a teacher at the school I went to. And one of my teachers said, hey, I think he's doing Richard Pryor. He's telling jokes in the back of the classroom. And I'm not mistaken, it's Richard it's Pryor Richard. material. Right. And my mother was like, you can't say this. You can't say these words at school. Especially and at school. Yeah. Th- and then she explained, like, this is his job. This is what he does. He travels the world. And See, he, that's smart that she does, did that. I just got movies. punished. <laughs> he makes movies and does TV shows and makes a lot of money doing this thing. Wow. And that's when it was like, okay, how do I get that job? Yeah. See, that's amazing because we used to listen to all the same stuff. Right. Richard Pryor. We would make people sit and watch Eddie Murphy. And if right, they didn't laugh, right. we'd kick them out. <laughs> like bad. Like my sister right. was dating a guy that just stared at it. And right. we were like, okay, he either needs to be executed or like, he doesn't belong <laughs> right, here. Right. And it was just like weird stuff. But I would, like my brothers would recite it and my mother yes. would get yes. pissed and she'd be like, you're punished. You know, like it didn't register to her. Like, I, I mean, I guess she just was like, I don't want my kids learning filth. Right. So she was like, stop listening to this, you know, and not even realizing we are loving the creativity yeah, and the, the but ride that had, we're going on. Your mom wrote books too, didn't she? My mother is writing a book right now. She oh writes my God, books all the time. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I remember hearing, of course, because yeah. of Chris, like all the different stories. Yes. She was amazing. Like, yeah. so she's very, I'm not saying my mom's not smart. Had a bunch of kids but, and uh, taught, pre- taught uh, kindergarten. That's amazing. Then she taught mentally disabled children. Okay. Then she taught mentally disabled adults. And then she opened a daycare center. God bless her yeah. heart. Yeah, she's a, she's she's her, her passport to heaven my, is stamped. Same, my mom. Same, I feel the yeah. same way. I go crazy. And your parents are obviously still together. No, my father passed. 
Oh, I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's long time. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. but they stayed together. They, to, listen, to me, they're yeah. still together. You're, yes. In my head, in I my mind, they're still together. They, yeah, still, yeah. they fifty going on fifty three, fifty four years in my mind. Yeah. My, well, my, I'm saying my parents split up right. when I was seven, so it's just like different. But my mom was such this matriarch, right? And she was in charge of ten kids, and we were inner city kids, mm-hmm. and it's six boys, four girls, and they're outside reciting dice and Richard Pryor, right. and she's like this can't be like we can't <laughs> afford this okay you can't get so she like would you know my mom's like the strongest and what my we would take people in weird shit oh yeah oh my god oh my, oh god. my god weird yes. shit because she was just like oh i guess nowhere to go and i'm like yeah but we don't have any room bitch we my like, mother's the same yeah. lady my mother, <laughs> that's what i'm saying we're related look, I, I love it i have two friends two of my best friends in the entire world keith and carlos they're brothers okay we grew up on the same street Mm-hmm. When here's a great story. When when I was born, I don't know what it was about me. My mother had worked through everybody else's childhood. Okay. She had a job. There was a nanny or a not a, a technical nanny. Yeah, yeah, sure. A lady on the block that watched. Like all you the said, kids. nanny, and I was like, oh, your grandmother. Yeah, right, right. A lady <laughs> grandma, Miss Jenkins, Miss Gilmore, right. whoever that watched the kids. When she gave birth to me, for some reason, she said, "I don't want to work anymore. I want to be with my baby." Oh, right. Okay, you're number five. You're the middle. Yeah, and my dad said, well, then don't work anymore. Okay. So my mother stopped working, and then she was the lady on the block that took all the kids in. All of the mothers that had to go to work and the single fathers, all of the kids came to our house during the day when the parents went to work. Okay. And my friends, Keith and Carlos, (laughs) their mother would bring them to the house every morning, like early in the morning. I would wake up in the morning, and they were there. Wow. So... We ate breakfast. We hung out all day. We played sports together. I thought they were my brothers growing up. I wrote a book report one time, and my mother was, you know, wanted to see it after I finished it before I turned it in. Yeah. And it was like my summer vacation. My brother Keith and my brother Carlos, we went fishing, and my brother Keith couldn't catch a fish, and my brother Carlos. That's amazing. And my mother's like, they ain't your brothers, brothers? boy. <laughs> And I was devastated. But to this day, we're still like, yo, we're brothers. Yeah, you're that tight. We're that yeah, close. Yeah, it's, it's, um, my, we have, my brother Jimmy had a friend named Steven. He was just a terrorist. <laughs> and his mom was like, you got to get out of here. Right. Like, and my mom was like, fine. So he would come, but he would, this is what he would do to my mom just to torture her. He would take her pictures out of the, frames right turn them upside down put them back in the frame and put them up so my mom would think she would just have to flip it right no she had to take the whole thing apart right, right. like he was just a torment and that's why but my mom was like fine he can stay here and then my brother jimmy's other friend jimmy used to sleep and eat my mom's lunch she would get up to go to work and she'd be like what the like hell a, a, is my lunch for the next day yeah yeah hilarious jimmy would be like oh that was a great sandwich Mrs. K. <laughs> and she's like you asshole <laughs> like, no i'm starving at work like yeah there was and my sister my older sister worked with mentally handicapped adult women wow yeah see so they would eat and i remember like my brother johnny used to get nauseous he's like i can't eat next to her like because you know that they would yeah, eat no, no, I, yeah it yeah. would bother and yeah. i get it like we didn't get mad at him it was just you know yeah. he's not used to it my we, we had a, a little girl my sister her um she worked ran a daycare center mm-hmm. And her name was Chrissy. Her parents were black and white. And in our neighborhood, that was a no-no. Like, so mm-hmm. my mom was outside. Her parents were both killed, uh, like, on the same wow. day or wow. something crazy, insane. Wow. Wow. So my sister brought her home for 
maybe like a good year, maybe more. And so she was with us and my mom was sitting on the front step rocking her to sleep because she was like three. So she was rocking her to sleep and an old neighbor drove by and gave my mom like a look. And my mom was like, oh, no, now she thinks my kids are coming out black. Because <laughs> this little girl was gorgeous. She was like Diana Ross. Like, I'm telling yeah. you, like gorgeous, big hair. Yeah. And But she stayed with us for like a good year and a half. Because she, great, her parents, great story. It was, it was all like she had nowhere to go, and her grandparents were trying to figure it out, and they were right. fighting. They were still race fighting, like right, right. Families weren't getting along, and my sister was just like, "There's a baby at stake. Like yeah. you're not thinking, you yeah. know." So, and my mom was like, oh, just let her come here." Wow, that's we were pissed. Your mom's by like the my way. mom. Your mom's like my mom. Because <laughs> we were like, "No, we gotta be quiet." Because Christy's here. This is bullshit. You know. Yeah, your mom's definitely like. My yeah, mom. it's my they mom have that take heart you in like. I love that. Quickly, you just you just one of the family. Yeah, just uh, where did you guys grow up? New Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. I knew it was Brooklyn. Bedford Brooklyn. Did you go to the same high school uh, as Chris? No, I went to the. We all went he to, got bust in. No, no, I, I was bust. We went all. We all. All of my siblings went to the same public school. Okay. Which was in uh, Garrettson Beach, Brooklyn. It was okay. the whitest, poorest <laughs> neighborhood in Brooklyn. And every I listen. This is. It's hor- It's a horrible white story to tell. White ghettos are scary. It was white ghetto. I know. <laughs> every day, every day, Monday through Friday, okay. from first grade to sixth grade, we had a fight. Of course. Every day. There was a, there was a bell that would ring at three o'clock, and all of the kids that lived outside of the district, they would, a teacher would walk down the hall and say, outer district, outer district. <sighs> all the kids that had lived outside of the district, meaning all the black kids, right. had to line up and wait for the school bus outside. Oh we were God. sitting ducks. Yeah. So every day at three o'clock, out of district, we line up. The kids are all being let out that live in the neighborhood. They would go out a different exit of the school, come around the building, and try to kill, just Whatever. beat us up every day. Sure. And no, it wasn't even so much the kids that we went to school with. They were involved as well, but it was the older kids that lived in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like, that let's would come scare up them to the off. School, we don't want them in our neighborhood. Would that come kind up to the school sure. and, and get the kids that we were in school with. Hey, we're going to get the niggers. Let's get the niggers. And. It taught me a lot at a young age. But it, the one thing that stuck with me, even from maybe third grade, was how people follow. Oh, how hell people yeah. aren't leaders. Because I would suit. sit with certain kids in the lunchroom, white kids, and we would laugh and joke and share lunch. And hey, what you? But I'll outside. give you. Here's my pudding. You give me your what? You know, we were cool. Yeah. And as soon as we got, they got out, and the older kids were like, "Hey, let's get the niggas." They were like, "Yeah, let's get the niggas." And I'm like, damn, like, we was just cool. Inside. Remember, we were hanging five yeah, minutes ago. We yeah, was, yeah. It was, and it showed me like never follow, never follow the because you know they, these guys don't they don't have an interest in us at all. We were friends in, in the classroom. Yeah, and it showed me just how people follow. And most of the times, people follow the wrong thing. Absolutely, because they want to just because be included. this is what yeah, and they don't want to be out in right, their neighborhood. Right, right, right. So they have suit to follow even though as well. those guys are wrong. It's like we got to take their side yeah. because they no matter live what here. you guys are just coming in. You for guys a few are hours. leaving, right? It's, and it's a, it's almost right. like the Bronx Tale where he's like, my guy's bigger than your right. guy down here. Right. It's the truth. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, I can't cross this yeah. line. And I just remember, like, I'm never gonna be a follower. Like, I'm never gonna follow people. I'll be the guy that's like. If we're gonna do it, I'm gonna call the shots. Yeah, good I'm for not, you. I'm yeah, because it's this. so hard. But I, I was thinking of the high school because they went to the same high school as Dice. Yeah, yeah. So I can't okay, think so of we the went. To, we all went to the same public school, right? Uh huh. And Chris was older, so he gra- he was graduated and was already in junior high school. He was gone years. Right. I was still there years after him. And uh, well, it was uh, Marine Park Junior High. Yeah. 
And then he went to high Marine Park was a high junior high in the same neighborhood. Right. In the same white same white neighborhood. Then he graduated and went to high school in the same white neighborhood. Oh, okay. See, he was years ahead of me. So I'm yeah. still in public school. Yeah. And uh what was it? It was I can't think of the name of it, but I, I want to say Alexander Hamilton, maybe. But I went I to visit it with Dice, and then we took all these pictures. Yeah. And he's like, "Chris Rock went here," and I'm yep. like, "He did." Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. And then Chris said, "Yeah, he got busted." He was, was busted. Like, oh. He was terrorized every day. Did oh, he? Absolutely. Did he ever tell you the story about bringing the gun to school? No, but I love. Maybe that. I should let you let him tell you the story. Yeah, he, he, I don't know if I'm gonna. Be he was to... being. He was being. Like we look at bullying now, like oh, this is the worst thing ever. Bullying 20 years ago. Shit. Was. Listen, was Yusef Hawkins. We, that was bullying in New York yes, 20 years ago. Yes, that yes, was bullying. Yes. Chasing a guy until he gets ran over by a car. That's that right. was bullying. So my brother was getting bullied every day. Every day. He grabs a fake toy gun, a plastic gun, takes it to school one day. Oh, my God. The kids are like, hey, get the nigga. Chasing him down the street. He runs a few blocks. He drops his backpack. He pulls a plastic gun out. Yeah. You know the Italian ladies that are in the windows watching the neighborhood all day. Oh, yeah. They, they can't call the cops fast enough. This is white ghetto neighborhood. Cops come immediately. Black kid, gun? Yeah, forget Ten it. Ten cop calls. Guns drawn. Jesus Christ. He ha- has his hands up and takes the gun and smashes it on the ground. Oh, so when God. it breaks into pieces, they know it's a fake gun. And the cop walked up and punched him in his face. And they got a few hits in with the billy clubs and threw him yeah. in the cop call. Old school cops yeah. where they used to hit you, not yeah. shoot you. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. I've seen a lot of cops beat up people. Yeah. White, black, green, yep. or indifferent. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, you want your Snapple? Uh, you want my Snapple? Oh, yes. I will have my well, Snapple down, please. Snapple? Uh, they're not even Snapple me. Attention. Hello, Snapple. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Anyway. But yeah, so good. that was Dice wow. with that same high school. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was curious if you went to it, too. No, no, but no. I guess not. So, this, so you, now, while that's all going on, his, this crazy house all tied together. So while that's going on in, junior, in high school for my brother, I'm in public school fighting for my life. Oh, shit. And when I graduate... My mother says, okay, hold up. We got to change all of this. Yeah. Your brother's going through hell in high school. Your other brother's going through hell in junior high school. You just graduated public school. You know what? You can go to junior high school in the neighborhood now. Okay. So I went from one of 12 black kids in the whole school, from kindergarten to sixth grade, one of 12 black kids, to a junior high school, a five-minute walk away in the neighborhood that was entirely black. Culture okay. shock, right? Yeah, well, I was just so going to say how that goes. So now, the kids in the neighborhood know me, but they don't really know me because I didn't go to school with them. Yeah, they're like, all of a sudden, he's part of us? Right. They, they might have saw me in the summertime riding my bike, but it's like, who's this kid? Because I, I didn't grow up with them in school. Sure. So but it's now, the same judgment the other kids are getting. No. So now, I'm in junior high school, and I read a little bit better, and oh, I'm shit. more proper. I come in, and I say, good morning, teacher, every morning. And the kids in the hood are like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, good morning, teacher. And I stand up to read. When the teacher calls on me, I stand up to read. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm in seventh grade saying to the girls in the school, how are you today? (laughs) They're like, this boy got whitewashed. (laughs) They're like, what the fuck is wrong with this? What the fuck is wrong with Anthony? Yeah. But here's the thing. Let's take it all the way back to the beginning. I was funny. So, so I fit in. Yeah. Kids are being robbed. The leather bombers, remember the shirt? Sheep, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, sheepskin coats and mm-hmm. shirlings and all that stuff. Being robbed and beaten and stabbed. I had one. Nah, nah, nah. Rock's funny. Rock's He's cool. good. Rock's yeah. good. Rock's good. Wow. The kids that terrorize the school, 
I'm watching them come down the hallway just killing and not killing, but beating kids well, up sure. and shoving kids in lockers and taking lunches and give me your sneakers. Wait, Rock's cool. Rock's funny. Yeah. Rock's funny. <sighs> That's amazing. Right? Yeah. So the whole time it was I was on this path to this thing. Sure. You were being Whether I knew it or not. For it. Yeah. yeah. Life was preparing me for this. Yeah. And my family was preparing me for this. Yeah. And then my brother, following my brother around, I'm like, oh, wow. Like now, Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby and George Carlin, those were guys I didn't know. Yeah. Those were like ideals of yeah. comedy. When the guy in the next room started doing stand-up, it was, oh, oh. now it's real. Oh, okay. Now and I can. Now I can do it. I can touch this guy. Yeah. I talked to this guy. We had the same dinner last night. <laughs> so now it's like, I can do this. Yeah. These guys were like gods to me yeah i don't know how to be a god but i can i know how to be this guy yeah I yeah be, I, I look he's like just this guy. regular yeah, i know him yeah. yeah so that's when it was like okay we locked it yeah we wear the same clothes sometimes right. we, yeah, no, we like... literally wear the same clothes yes <laughs> <laughs> he wore those pants monday i wore them tuesday that's how it works yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah my mom made us go to catholic school like she fought like she right. was like look we might not have lights this week because you're going to catholic school you're not going to public school <laughs> not in south philly right, it's not right, happening right. and then my brother jimmy who's pretty tough he got kicked out of catholic school for throwing a desk out the window wow. that'll happen and then he had to go to public school which is i don't know 100 feet away right and from your private from, school yeah, well catholic school yeah from your catholic is, school. It, is that private i guess uh, pri- I, don't, I never Catholic, know the difference. Well, I don't know the Parochial? difference either, but Catholic and private both seem nicer than where I went. You're so right. I put them in You're the same right. box. So, and it was smaller. So, you know what I mean? There was only like a few kids. And the uh, Passion Projects are right over here. So mm-hmm. that's who's going to this, you know? So that's who's going to Brady. It was called Brady, the school we grew up next mm-hmm. to. And so it was 100 feet away. And so Jimmy had to go there for a year. He fought. You still fight in the Catholic school, but in the, it was like, oh, Bell rang, yeah, yeah. bang. It's not yeah. another round. You just have to go to another class. And but he was the only white kid, or there maybe like maybe three or four. Yeah. So he was just Every was day. the a- exact Every opposite. Day, yeah. And they were like, we got to get him out of here. <laughs> like, yep. We got to figure this yep. out. So I never had to do that, but our schools got out different times so that we didn't fight. We got out at two thirty, and they got out at three o'clock. Right. So it was like, oh, here's a half hour. Get home. <laughs> get home. Get your shit th- together. Get out of here. <laughs> and on Tuesdays, they would get out at two o'clock. And I'll never forget. I had a dog that was racist. I don't know who trained her to be racist. It wasn't me. I was a little kid when we got her. Right. I'm not responsible. I'm not calling you out that. Well, dogs see in bla- dogs see in black and white, right? So if a dog wonder, sees a darker shade, they just go or fear. Fear too. Like dogs go fear. No, they fear black people. No, no, no. When someone's afraid of them. They oh yeah yeah yeah. If you start running, you. they will chase you. Yeah. Right. So like my how many dog, times have I heard that? Well, don't run, he'll chase you. Like motherfucker, this, he's already still, biting he's, me. He's, he's in full sprint, and I'm standing still. <laughs> this was a sheep dog. She she didn't look scary. Like the Shaggy Da. Yes. Wow. And she was vicious. Like she, I've never seen a vicious. I'm sheep telling dog. you, and people loved her because she would protect the neighborhood. <laughs> she walked around like she was tough. People used to call me Fluffy Sister. I have the, nine the brothers and sister. Yeah, I have nine brothers and sisters. Every day I'm somebody's sister. Right. I was little Charles. Yeah. Now I'm Fluffy's sister. Yeah. The dog yeah. is more popular than me. That's how bad. I was but little Charles. Who's little Charles? Like your dad? No, Charles is my oldest brother. Oh, your oldest brother. Oldest okay. Brother. I was so little they just, Charles. They yeah. were like, oh, he's just a little Charles. And my my brother Brian, I, they called me Anthony in school mm-hmm. or Ant Rock. And my little brother, my younger brother Brian, they call him Little Ant Rock. 
Oh my God, that's great. Yeah. Hey, what's up, little eight rock? What is your boy girl ratio? Uh, eight boys, two girls. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, we're six and four, and then my aunt and had 10 kids. And if I count Keith and Carlos, yeah, right? <laughs> 10 boys and two girls. Yeah, right? If we count Steven and Jim right, Rizzo right. and all I, these See, brothers. I count everybody. <laughs> this is the funny thing. You'll ask my siblings, and they'll say, oh, it's nine of us or seven of us. Man, I count everybody. Yeah, I count yeah. everybody. I count halves. I count, th- I count this. I count that. I count everybody. You count halves. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, my mom's sister had 10 kids, too, and yeah. they're six and four. So we're like our own tribe. Yeah, my, my grandparents, my father's father and mother, had 15. That's insane. And my grandfather had another five in the neighborhood. Shit. My grandmother used to tell a story that was like it was hard. It was just, just it shows you like the sense of humor. The people's sense of humor get them through anything. Yeah. My grandmother used to tell us a story. I'd be at home cooking and somebody would knock on the door. I go to the door, be a little boy. And he say, my mama said, your husband's my daddy. And I would say, somebody put another plate for dinner. No. She would just let him in. She just like, all right, we got one more f- mouth to feed tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I, I, people ask me that all the time. Did your dad have more kids? I'm like, no, thank God. Like, well, that would have been yeah. too much because my mom would have taken them in. In the neighborhood, like oh, three blocks away, another not- child. Oh, my God. Four blocks this way, another God kid. God bless her. Yeah. And she just like, all right, come on in. What's your name? Okay, go wash your hands for dinner. That's amazing. It's, it's it's unheard of in these days and times. No, nobody. You can't even knock on a door. Right. If you knock on a door, like, what are you a predator? <laughs> like, what do you do? Are you here to tell me you're a sexual assault? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah, have to you, let you me gotta, know. You gotta let me know. Yeah, the rule. <laughs> do you have a red dot on your head? Like, that's weird. Um, yeah, nobody knocks on the door. We still do it a little bit in our neighborhood. Like, my mom's still in the same row home we grew up in. Right. So we still what like, part of Philly is this? South Philly. South Philly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we still like, and everybody either lives up the street or around the corner. There's a few people that move to the suburbs when mm-hmm. we call them pussies. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, just for bigger houses. Like, you right. know, night more room. Absolutely. Because you're literally on top of each other. Forget how bad it is. We grew up in a row of brownstones. They were yeah. all just one next but to the other. But brownstone's pretty big, right? Uh, it's not with that many kids. No, it's three stories. Yes, three stories. But, See, that's amazing. But that many kids packs it out. Yeah, we're two stories and we didn't have a finished basement. So Yeah, we didn't have a finished basement. The basement was like, Look, if you go down there at your own risk. Yeah, we had uh, a scary basement as well. Yeah, it was like bikes, good luck. And bikes and like Christmas bikes stuff and, and bricks and yeah. the ceiling. The, what was it? The uh, the like, the heat was it? The heater? Oh the, yeah, yeah, the, the gas heater. The, yeah. What do you call that? The boiler. Yeah, the, the boiler. We had a gas leak from that, so we all almost died of carbon monoxide wow. poisoning. Always funny. Everybody's like, I have a headache. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my mom's like, stop complaining. You're going to school. Oh, I don't feel good goodness. either. That's weird. <laughs> Wow. Leaking. Yeah, the we did not know. That. We didn't know. And everybody went. She had to send people to different houses to wait to get it fixed. And oh, get this it. is days of, of breathing. It, it was probably like two or three days. My brother Tommy, I think, complained the most. Uh-huh. And he was like, I have a headache. And she was like, that's eh, because you're smart. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you think too much. And then You got a lot on your mind. That test Friday is going <laughs> to. He's the oldest kid. They always complain. Yeah. So, no. And so I think it was him that started it. And then everybody else just started getting it. And then she sent them to different places till they fixed it. But I remember I was like, nope, if she's dying, I'm going with her. I'm staying right with her. So yeah. I, st- I was the only one that got oh, to man, stay with good her. For you, good for you. Oh, yeah, that's my mom. Down with moms, yes. I call her to mops money. She hates it. She to goes, mops. If, she goes, if you win an award and you call me to mops money on TV, I'm not going to talk to What's you. What's to mops money? I don't know. You have to have a nickname in Philly. That's okay, to mops. All right, all right, all right. That's to mops. 
That's Timizzle. Timops. <laughs> she gets so mad. I call her Timizzle my nizzle, and then she goes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> hey, Snoop Dogg said I could say it that way. <laughs> she loves it. Like, she gets mad, but she likes it secretly. Yeah. So wait, so now it's 98, you're doing stand-up in New York. Yeah, I'm doing stand-up in New York. Did you go to college? I did not. Good boy. I did not. I, you know, I went, <laughs> listen, here's the thing, I went, uh, I was accepted at, my, my older brothers went to Benedict College, my father, my mother and my father from South Carolina. Oh, okay. My mother's from a very small town called Andrews, my father's from Charleston. Nice. And uh, my mother wanted us all to go to school down south. Okay. All of us. She, her dream was us. Graduate high school, go to school down south, meet a nice southern girl, married, traditional. Uh, my brother Shabazz, Charles, cha- had now by this time he changed his name to Shabazz. Okay. Uh, he's a Muslim. Okay. He's uh, out of the house. Chris is doing his thing. He's out of the house. Uh, my brother Andre is in college in Columbia, South Carolina at Benedict College. Okay. That was my brother Brian went to Benedict College. My mother wanted me to go to Benedict College. Yeah. I was accepted at Benedict College. I graduate high school. I, now, I'm a horrible student in school because all I want to do is be funny and hang out and get girls. And, you know, of course. The traditional. The, 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 the you know, norm. You, you know the norm. And uh, I had to go to school. I had to go to summer school after my senior year to get my uh, diploma. I still had to make up oh. some some uh, some, okay. uh, some classes. So I get out 12th grade, go to summer school the whole summer. I had to come back to school on the first day the following year to get my diploma. Wow. So I go back up to the school the first day and the kids see me that were like a year behind like, I know you didn't get left back. You not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, just here to get my diploma. diploma. Just here to get my diploma. And I go get my diploma and I go home to show it to my mother and father. And my father is sitting on the couch holding his stomach and my mother is sitting next to him like nursing him. And I pull, I, I, I go, hey, I got something for you guys. I got a manila envelope. And I go, I got something for you guys. And my mother's like, oh, Lord. Oh, no. Lord, please, I can't. Your father's sick. I can't take no bad news today. And I pull the envelope out. This is my diploma. Oh. And my mother, ejector seat, <laughs> ejector seat off that couch. <laughs> oh, my God. Like in the air. Yes. Hugs me. Oh, my God. Aww. She's so excited. And my father was in pain. Aww. Couldn't get up off the couch. So I, he just shook my hand and was like, good job. Oh, that's amazing. And that was September. And he was gone in November. Oh, God. Yeah. So sorry. And that was that's when life smacked the shit out of me I and bet. hit me in the face like a ton of bricks. And, and all of the good stuff that was like my life was just so, you know, dad will take care of it. And dad's the best. And dad's going to. And mom's great. And it was like, all right, little nigga. Here's life. Now it's life. Say hello. Now it's say hello to my little friend. And I was depressed. I was I was I was a functioning depressed person. My father passed away and I went I feel to like we all are, but I, I went like to that. work the next day. I didn't know what to do with myself. I woke up oh, and it was wow, like that's crazy. yeah. I was like That's I, interesting. I, like you have you ever been in a space where you don't know what you're supposed to do? Yeah, of course. I'm like Pretty much life Wait, for what me. Do I, do I, yeah. Damn, I don't know what to. Well, I'm supposed to be at work right now, so mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll, guess I'll go to work. And yeah. I went to work. And what were you working? And every, I was working at a shitty job. I was working at a Metropolitan Museum. But still, it's a job. Like, yeah. did you have to interact with people I, like that? Yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, all my coworkers are like, "You all right? You look different." And I'm like, "Nah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good." What and they you, they could see it. They could yeah. see. 
What did your mom say? Like, you don't have to go to work. Yeah, no, no. She, you know, I didn't want to bother her. She was in, she's like, my mother's going through it. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to knock on her bedroom door and like, hey, I'm like, right. let me just try to find my way. Yeah. And I went to work and everybody's like, yo, you all right? You look, you look different. And I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I'm functioning. I'm working. And the next day I'm just, and I kid you not, you look up one day and it's like, oh shit, that was five years ago. Oh yeah. You like, you look up and you go. Oh shit, that was five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my sister was a baby. And I remember thinking, okay, I gotta get my shit together. Like, yeah, something's gotta I gotta gotta do something. I gotta take care of my sister. She's the youngest. She's a, I gotta, I gotta take care of this kid. I gotta take, and Jordan, I gotta make sure my babies are good. He's one of the babies. Yeah. So I start just like, okay, trying to get back in the regular, rigmarole of yeah, my yeah. life and okay what am I going to do and okay school's out now because dad's not here and so that's a whole different yeah huh, what, to, what to do and I'm working and I'm making a little bit of money and it's like alright you know what life's not guaranteed it's not going to be the way you want it to be and you don't get what you want out of life unless you go after it and my dad used to always say hard work is its own reward and yeah. you will never have anything if you don't work for it and it's like alright Gotta let's go to, work. go to work. Let's yeah. get busy. And this that's when I was like, Focus. all right, let's just go. Let's let's get it. Tunnel vision. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's hard, too, because yeah. also, like, you weren't doing stand-up when your dad passed. No. Which is no. really, but it, it was the hardest. I, we lost, I lost a sister. It's hard to talk about, but right. whatever. Oh, no, absolutely. But, yeah, it's like the weirdest thing. So I don't know how you talk about it, but it's amazing. <laughs> so And it's 10 years. And I remember like um, I was doing stand-up and I had a show in Reno. Yeah. And I think I was... I wasn't headlining. I was just featuring, but still it was like, cause it was 10 years ago. And I, my brother Johnny was like, are you going to go? I'm like, I don't think I can. Like, I don't think I can function. Right. And he's like, you have to. And he made me get on stage at helium in Philadelphia yeah, yeah, yeah. just to get through like the open mic. Right. Just to see if you can function. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I'm doing this. Cause nobody was funnier than my sister. Like the hands down, the funniest right. part. Her boyfriend was the one that didn't laugh. And she broke up with him. Okay. <laughs> Nobody was funnier than my sister. <laughs> like, she's, you don't laugh at Eddie Murphy. You got to go. You got to go. Yeah, you know I mean, you got to go. Like, you got to go. But yeah, so I, that's amazing. I commend you that you yeah, just, yeah, man, it was, get, get, it's so hard, like, yeah. just to move your yeah. life. And that, that's, you just had a tenure. It's like, it's like you have to pay life's, life's dues are, mm mm. Mm-mm. The dues you have to pay just for life, and your dad's funny, are colossal. Yeah, and the hardest. My father worked two full time jobs. Oh my, my god! My father worked eighty hours a week. That's amazing. This dude was. A, what did he do? Like he drove a truck for the New York Daily News. Okay. Where the Barclays Center is today in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. that used to be the hub for the New York Daily News. Oh, okay. So the trucks would load up there and drive around the city all night delivering news. Sure. So you have papers in the morning, and uh, he worked at the Daily News. Uh, when we were all, I think, 15, we, we we were all legal to work at the Daily News, like loading the trucks. We all got jobs. So at fifth, it might have been 14, 14, 15, everybody had a job. You get your working papers, 14 right, or 15. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. Every, every one of my siblings, 14, yeah. Daily News. Three years later, another brother, 14, Daily News. Yeah. So then like 10 years later, I go down to the Daily News at night to load trucks. And my brother's over there, my brother's over there, my brother's over there. It <laughs> was like, the oh, best. This is great. It was the best. It's a family ever. business. We were all loading trucks and we all like, oh, we're making money. And then, you know, a week later fun. we get a check and we all like, oh, this is great, man. Yeah. We, 
My brother has money. He has money. Let's go. Let's go to the movies. Let's go. Right. So my father instilled that work. Is sure. you, you if you work you can do whatever you if you willing yeah. to put the work in so we would have money to go you know take a, take a girlfriend out or we want ice cream we got money for ice cream no need to bother mommy no need to bother sneakers let's go I got my own money yeah so the sense of independence was incredible you got to get that early too we right. got we got it early I don't know if it was like hey you're this is instilled it was like if you want something go get it right you know you got to work for right. it so we would do odd jobs you yeah know. no we we did we listen Rock Brothers did. Every, we shoveled snow. Paint addresses. We painted. Did you do that? <laughs> we did everything. We, my father was like, you got to work. And then my father did this thing that was so dope. Oldest brother has his working papers first. Okay. He's working. He gets paid on Friday. My father says, give all your other siblings $5. Whoa. So we had money because oh he God. was working. That would have been a fight. <laughs> and then the next brother. Then there's two brothers working. Yeah, Give yeah. everybody $5. So now we're... Like, okay, we got allowance. We, we have an allowance kind that we can kind of kinda like make move, not make, you know, we can do what we want to sure. do because our brothers are. And he, what he did was he instilled that whole notion of, yo, you got to take care of your brother. Everybody takes care of each other. You that's beautiful. Your, yeah, you got to take that's care. That's beautiful. You, you got to take care of, Oh my you know, God, that's amazing. And that's why, like, that five year funk was like, oh, okay, I got to get back to take care of. Yes, I was. I wasn't taken care of. I got to take care of. Yeah, we got to start taking yeah, care. We got to make sure. But you also had to take care of you, right? Which was not right. easy, and you were like you said, feeling like you were checking out. Yeah, and no, I was definitely losing it, man. Oh, I, was, I get when it. I, I hear people talk about depression now, and I listen to interviews and watch you know YouTube mm-hmm. clips of whatever Breakfast Club and all that, and it's like, oh shit, I was I, that was me. Yep, I was I was depressed. I was That's a real depression. thing. Yep. I was really going through it. And when you started doing the stand-up, did you feel like that helped a little? Like as therapy, people call it? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, it's we're it's doing absolutely therapy? therapeutic. Absolutely. It's absolutely therapeutic. Yeah. It's uh, when people say, hey, man, I could never do that. That's, by the way, is the biggest compliment you could give a comic. Absolutely. Like, I could never do that. I always say that when people say, hey, man, I just watching you up there. I'm like, I could never do that. I always say, thank you. <laughs> because they're acknowledging. I tell my younger siblings, when they, why do you say thank you? Because they're acknowledging that I have a superpower. That's right. So thank you for seeing my superpower. Yeah, because it's not an easy thing it's to not just easy to, get up a there. A room and... full of strangers. That's some shit you wrote in a fucking studio apartment. That they you're like, like, this is going to kill me. On the back of a napkin, you're like, this, uh, this is pretty funny. And you go tell a room full of strangers. I'm and hilarious. They, and they explode in laughter. Amazing. Like it's my, not x-ray vision, but it's damn near close. It's close. Yeah, it's you're close. right. Because my ex used to say, hey, you go to that club and you dump your shit on them. And I'm like, that's true. That's a fact. <laughs> he was like, hey, don't dump it on me. I'm Absolutely. like, I don't care. But I said, you laughed, didn't you? He goes, yeah. yeah. And I go, well, then you got dumped on. It's so the best, man. It's it is best. a great feeling. Like It's cathartic to just get yeah. it off your chest kind of thing. And people don't realize that. Very few jobs have <laughs> such a cleanse to it. To mm-hmm. the, like, you know, teachers just bogged down with everything they go through all oh. day. They got to drink when they leave. I got to get us. You got to smoke something. You got to yeah. drink something. You got to. I got to punch gotta somebody. Go, yeah, something. You got to punch somebody. You got to go to a whorehouse. You got to do it. Yeah. You need this, something to get away from that. Whatever your job is. We out. just go, hey, I'm going to go and get on do, stage yeah. and, and do my job. That'll be my. So at what clubs did you do in New York? I started out at my very first spot. Profet- now professional comic mode was a New York comedy club. Oh, okay. I did a bringer show. You know Sherrod Small? Of course. Sherrod Small is my first cousin. Oh, wow. Okay. Grew up on the same street. I love him. Grew up on the same street. That's amazing. I, I grew up in the middle of the street. He grew up first house on the same side okay. of the street I grew up on. Okay. My mother took him in every day. So it was me, Keith, Carlos, Sherrod. Keith. 
Oh, your yeah. friend, my friend Keith, Keith and Car- Carlos. And right, right, right. So Sherrod and I started doing stand-up He's so funny on too. the same exact day. No. It was a bringer show. So you had to bring a person yeah. that paid $5. Mm-hmm. Only one? Yeah. Wow, so I, so I brought Sherrod was my person. <laughs> Sherrod paid $5 to see me. I paid $5 to see Sherrod. So we went up. That's beautiful. Boom. Yeah. And uh, New York Comedy Club, we both had great sets. We had great sets for where we were, the right. level we were on. And this is the late 90s? Late 90s. Okay. And uh, I forgot the guy that was hosting. He's like, hey, man, you guys are pretty cool. We do a open mic Saturday. The, the, what I love about New York Comedy, the, I hope it never changes. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a New York comic, it's the, one of the greatest things that I've ever seen the entire time I've been doing stand-up is how when you start out, every comic is so helpful. Absolutely. So you get off stage at an open mic, and then it's a guy in the back room like, hey, man, they got another open mic on Saturdays they do over here. Yeah. If you want to come through with me, I'll take your number, and I'll call you guys. And you're just like, oh, sure. And that guy calls you, and now you're doing this open mic over here. And it's a girl that's like, hey, my friend does a room in yep. in uh, Queens on Tuesdays. It's not doesn't pay, but it's stage time. Okay, but and you know when you start out, stage time is it's all the you most want. You're not looking for money. Thing. You're looking for stage time. And the way that the comics just kind of help each other in the beginning, yeah, is amazing. But New York, you're right, especially. I I only like did a few. I started in L. A. Right. So I, when I would go to New York, they'd be like, "Hey, I'm doing this," and the girl, yeah, man, it's the she best. took me on the subway. I was like, it's "Oh, the best. okay." And she's yeah. like, "Yeah, you just gotta hit this, that, and the other." I was it's, like, "All right." It's unbelievable. And then I did it for somebody else. Like it's just like a, yeah. almost like pay it forward, right? Kind right. of thing. No, it's yeah. exactly what it is. And That's... everybody does it for each other. Like I I don't know Sherrod too well, but he has the greatest energy. Yeah, yeah. Of any... He's been like that since we were kids. Oh, for he's, real? He's been like that since we were kids. Uh, and he'll, he'll tell me all the time hey tone doesn't talk to people he doesn't know tone doesn't fuck people come to him like hey what's wrong with tone oh tone he just doesn't like you he doesn't know you he doesn't like you it's just tone sherrod's very sherrod's very welcome everybody come on you want to drink hey what are you drinking hey shot and i'm sitting there like when opie and anthony broke up i only listened to the radio show because sherrod yes so greatest energy in the world so good yeah and I was like, Loving who is this guy? Loving I love him. Yes. I mean, amazing and so funny and knowledgeable. And you yes. can bring smart, up anything. Always smart. Always been smart. Bring guy. up anything and he can riff on it yep. for yep. like and knowledgeably yeah. riff on it. Not like yes. just like I'm a bullshitter. I could pretend yeah. I know, but I'm not. I don't know shit. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm pr- I get like, oh, no. Somebody's yeah, gonna they shouldn't find do out. that because that's bad. You know, that's real <laughs> dumb to do that. Who would bomb Syria? What? Like no. people are gonna get hurt. No, no. Sharon would be like, he's like my co. Like Rick's not here, but Rick would be like, he'll know like the president of some right, obscure right. country. Like who the fuck knows Good that? You, like I don't you. know shit. So you gotta I, have people like I that around. Admire people that you can gotta do have that. smart people around. And you. he's one of them. Are you good like that? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I get nervous. I'm smart about the stuff that I know, which right. sounds incredibly dumb. I, the stuff I know, no. I know. The stuff I'm, I don't know, I don't know. When it's a subject I know, I, I get like a no, when it, If you want to talk my... about something I like, I, I'm all in yeah. high energy. I can talk for – like comedy, like this right here, comedy. I can talk – You'll be day. like, you'll be like, we got to get him out of here because I'll just go. No, no, same. But, I'm especially here because this yeah. is my history here. Right. Like working, I was a waitress here for twelve years. I, re- I remember coming Left. to Tuesdays and like ordering drinks. Like, <laughs> hey, and I would see your face every time. Hey, how are you? Like, hey, how you hey, doing? Like, yeah. you just knew me. Like, this is the guy that sits at this table. Hey, how right. are you? 
I had so many. The other young lady that works uh, upstairs, I forgot her name, but she's I see Lee. her all the time. She's always probably she's been Tony, here. Tony, how are you? Good to see you. Seventeen or eighteen yeah, years now. Yeah. She hates me because I made her take my job when I left. <laughs> she was like, "Bitch, you ruined me." <laughs> she's also a chef. Oh, really? She's a uh, yeah. She's a uh, what is that called? A sous chef? Is uh-huh. that right? Baker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I said it right. I'm like, I don't, I'm, again, knowledge. And another beautiful knowledge thing. Knowledge is infinite. Another beautiful it. thing about the comedy store is that you come here and you'll see a bartender or a door guy for three or six months, eight months, a year. Mm-hmm. And then you come in one day and he's on, third, stage. on the lineup. And you're like, <laughs> and you know why I like that? Because I know that has to be so rewarding for that guy. Yeah. Oh, girl. And we didn't do. Um, that has to be like, holy shit, I've worked the door for two years now. Yep. I'm on stage. And and she, Mitzi didn't do that as much as they're doing it now, which mm-hmm. I love. I mean, in different facets. Like, Mitzi always had door guys right. that were comics. Right, right. But it was always guys. Be- and the reason is not because she didn't like women. A lot of people are like, oh, she hated women. That's not what it was. They were also security, unfortunately. The guys, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like you get like this little like Rick, my co this little scrawny guy that'd be like, hey, you guys can't park here. And they're like, yeah, whatever, guy. And they run him over, you know, yeah. like just especially Fat Tuesday. He was like, they'd be like, look, you got to go see Jimmy. Like, right, right. They would immediately pick somebody else because that's what Mitzi did. But now we have real security. Right. And then the door guys and girls, we have both because they're just it's basically great, pointing. I, I see everything. I just love to see that. I love to the see the change is amazing. The people come in and work the door, and then they're on stage. Now, like, did you ever get to showcase for Mitzi or no? I did. I absolutely did. Okay, because I, I, I don't I remember. Absolutely did. Your bad or good? I she experience. said I, I walked on stage. I uh, okay. So now I'm fast forwarding the story. Fast forwarding oh, okay. the story because I'm I started in New York. I was going to tell you that all that. No, but, you can. Okay, so I'll start with LA. So I do Montreal Comedy Festival. Okay. 2001, 2002. Did you get that from New York, obviously? Yeah. Okay. New Faces. I'm New Faces. I had a great class, too. I had a great, like, my draft class. Yeah, who's your... My draft class was uh, myself, Corey Holcomb, Sam Tripoli. Yes. Uh... I love Corey. John Reap. John Reap. Yeah, John Reap. John Reap. Yeah, he's terrific. Uh... Mike Young. Okay. One of our other favorites. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was my draft That's class. I'm like, this class. is a good we're gonna like we were and again, the camaraderie of yes. being in Montreal, being new guys that are just in the game that people don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. And we were like, hey man, we're gonna be we're gonna remember this forever. And yeah. I'm, I'm one of those I'm I'm like a sucker when it comes to stuff. Like I'm I'm sentimental. I'm a yeah. cancer. I'm a cancer. <laughs> So I got a hard shell, but inner is soft. I don't know and anything like, about science. I'm like, so. guys, we're going to always remember these times. We're going to be. We got I this. hope we never forget each other. You know, like, and everybody's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And, like, mm. and me and Mike, are, me and Mike Young are brothers forever. One of my favorite Corey people Corey Holman, on the one planet. of my favorite comedians yep. of all time. So, like, Sam Tripoli, my guy forever. Love him. So I do, my, I do New Faces, and then I get the invite to L.A. Okay. I was always told in New York, you don't go to L.A. until L.A. invites you to L.A. Interesting. Because okay. look at how many comics that you see on the daily that just figured, hey, I'm funny in Cleveland. I'm moving to L.A. Right. And nobody knows they're coming. Yeah. Now they're just out here trying to start all over again. Yeah. As opposed to establishing yourself where you're from, doing maybe Montreal, doing maybe uh What's the other? Uh, uh, it was Aspen. Aspen. But that went at the away. time, it was yeah. yeah, it was big at the time. At the time, we're talking early two thousands. Yeah, 
That was my first ex-fiance. I went there with Chris and yeah. him. <laughs> get a name, get a name, and then come to L.A., and yeah. they know you're coming. So it's a different game. You're in a different ball game. You know what I mean? So uh, came out to L.A., got the invite. My fr- I landed on a Sunday night. I love the invite. Yeah, yeah the invite. You got to get the invite. I landed on a Sunday night. I had an audition for Jamie Masada Sunday okay. night. I had an audition for the improv Monday night. Okay. And I had an audition for the comedy store Tuesday night. And my goal was to get in all three clubs in three nights. That's that's a tough Unheard goal. Of, Amazing. Right? Though. Unheard of. Yes. You don't hear that. Mm-mm. So I get to the store. I get to the factory that night. And my manager at the time. Was Sunday the store and Tuesday uh, the factory? Mon- or no, was Sunday was there, was. there was no chocolate Sunday at the time. It was just a night. It was just a regular night. Oh, okay. And the store and the uh, improv was Black Night. It was a uh, Mo Better, whatever. Right, they, but Mitzi usually showcased on Sundays. Oh, so maybe it was. That's what I'm asking. Was it a switch? Was it Sunday? Okay, so maybe it was Sunday. Whatever. Yeah. Maybe it was Sunday here. Yeah, because Jamie then, does his open mic on Tuesday. Tuesday. That's right. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Sunday was here. Yeah. Monday was <clears throat> improv. Right. Tuesday was factory. Yeah. Boom. So I get in and I come to the store and Mitzi's sitting in the back in the darkness. Of course. And I go to say hi. And she can't really see me because it's kind of dark. And I say, hello, how are you? Uh, you're you're going to go up next. You'll do five. Okay, hurry up. And I, up she there. doesn't see my face until I get on stage. So when I get on stage, all I hear is, he looks just like him. And I thought, no. oh, no, this is going to be bad. I'm not going to get in. I'm, she's going to say it's too much. like the Similar. It's too yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just start talking. I do my material. And I'm, like, really excited to be on stage. And I think I'm smiling the whole time. And even when I'm saying, no, New York's a bad city. New York's a rough city. I'm smiling because I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and I get off. And uh, I wait. I don't know what the process is. And one of the guys comes on. Hey, Mitzi, still see you in the back. And I go in the back. And she goes, you have the number? <laughs> and I go, no, I don't have the number. She goes, get the number. Call your avails in. Okay, you're, you're in. Monday. You're, you're in. And oh. I'm like, yeah. I run outside. And I call Sherrod. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm in the store, baby. I'm in the store. <laughs> and we're on the phone like, this is it. we on our way. We're going to take over the world. And <laughs> the next night I go to the improv. And uh, it was not the same experience. The, the host was a piece of shit. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, what, what was, uh, what's his name? Because we will never be friends. Uh Good for you that you forgot his name. Black guy. Uh, no, it'll come to me. And he was just a dick to you? For no reason. Because you were new. Listen. Young, New York. If I, now, I will be the first to admit Tony Rock can be an asshole at times. And if you feel some kind of way about me because of some asshole thing I have done or said to you, you're well within really? your right. Okay. I've but, never seen that. I'm just saying you're no, always cordial. Because I love this. I love this. Okay. But, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I might say something to the wrong, talk, try to talk to a guy's girlfriend or whatever. And they, oh, 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 oh. Ask, okay. I get you know. that. That's different. <laughs> but if there's no reason, then I, Lester Barry. Oh. Lester well, Barry. He's very religious and nutty He wasn't butters. religious at the time. He wasn't religious at the time. Completely so he was the host. nutty. He was the host. Yeah. I walk in the improv and I say to the guy at the door, hey, you know, who has the lineup? And I walk over to Lester Barry. And I say, hey, man, I'm on the list. Uh, uh, can you tell me when I go up? And he's like, what's your name? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm Tony Rock. Sorry, I'm Tony Rock. And he looks at his list and he goes, you're not next. And I go, okay. okay. Like, Can you tell me if I'm second or third? Or, three more. I'll let you know before you go up. And I'm just like, why is this guy a dick for no reason? 
I don't. I, this is my first time ever seeing. I've yeah. seen him on TV before on on, on Comic View. You're like, but I never met him. Yeah. And he goes on stage and he does his time, brings up another comic, brings up another guy, and then he comes over to me. He goes, "Hey, you next? What you want me to say? You Chris Rock's brother?" And I no. I was always taught kill him with kindness. My older brother always told me that. So I go, "Nah, man. You know what? If you don't know what to say, just give me the same intro you gave the last guy. That'll work. There Keep it go. simple. Say the same thing for him. For me, you said for him." And he goes up on stage. Well, and he you're goes, a better person than me. And he goes on stage and he goes, "This next guy." Uh, I don't know if he's funny. I never seen him before, but he Chris Rock brother, so I guess I got to bring him up. That was it. And mental I'm note. So Look, angry at, right at now? that moment, at that this is two thousand and two. At that moment, mental note: me and this guy will never be friends. Yeah. Now it's twenty nineteen. I'm telling you the story. Me and this guy will never be friends. Yeah. And I go up and I have a great set. Great set. Yeah. And I come off stage and he says, "Hey man, I do a room on Thursdays if you want to come by." And, and I just walk away from him. And then they call me upstairs and improv. Yeah. And they're like, you're in. Great. Here's the number. And I run outside and call Sherrod. We in the store. We, 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 in, in, the, the, we in the improv. improv we in the yeah. store. And I was like, by the way, Lester Barry's a dick. But anyway, that's the whole other story. <laughs> I'll, talk, I'll talk to you about that later. So two, two, two clubs, two nights. I go to the factory. Now, what I was going to say earlier, my manager at the time was Richie Tinkin. Richie Tinkin owns the comic strip in New York. Oh, okay. And he was Eddie Murphy's manager for Eddie's first like, 12 years in the business. Name. Yeah. So he managed Eddie for years, made a shitload of money, retired, had young babies at home, mm-hmm. had no desire to be a manager anymore. Right. When I started doing stand-up in New York, the buzz started going around. Hey, this kid, Tony Rock's pretty funny. Chris's little brother, boom, boom, boom. Richie comes to see me one night, and he's like, damn, you got the juices flowing again. Yeah. Like, I, I really want to see what could happen with this kid. So Richie was managing managing me at the time. Okay. Him and Jamie were friends. He calls Jamie up. You know, I go in the, I go in the factory that night, and Richie uh, Jamie says, "Oh, you're Richie's kid. You're Richie's kid." Richie told me the kid was coming in tonight. You go up, buddy. You do you do set. You do. <laughs> and he's sitting in his booth, and I go up and have a great set, and I come off, and he's like, "You know, you're in the club," and tell Richie oh to call God, me, and and I run outside. Of. I call Sherrod, and I'm like three for three. We in the clubs. We start working. Now at the time. I don't have anywhere to stay in L.A. <laughs> I know two people. I knew Butch Bradley. Okay. Because we had met in New York auditioning for the comic strip. Mm-hmm. And I knew uh, a young lady that I had met. What about Sam Tripoli? He was out here. Yeah, but I didn't know him like, or hey, like, can I stay hey, on your I sleep on the couch? It. Got it. So now, as is after Montreal, so, you know, people are sending me out for auditions and I'm having meetings with networks. So I need to stay out for some time. And Butch Bradley's like, hey, man, I got a studio apartment right off of Sunset, right off of Hollywood on uh, Sycamore over there, excuse yeah, me, yeah. over there, uh, Hollywood and Highland, like a few blocks away. Yeah. It's not much, but you're my comedy brother. You're welcome to stay there. And me and Butch Bradley stayed in the studio apartment, slept in the, we had a king-size mattress on the floor. <laughs> Butch Bradley and I slept on the same mattress on this floor for maybe a year. Wow. Maybe longer than that. Yeah. Bitch Bradley is my friend forever. Yeah, he's a good guy. He let me sleep. Like, he would have girls over like, hey, bro. I'm like, There's I a need sock space. on the door. You're like, I got to go dude. walk around Hollywood and <laughs> go to the uh, man's Chinese theater and put my hands in the cement and just stay outside for three or four hours. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. That's amazing. And, you know, he, I, this is, I think he would, we, would, we had beepers then or we had the, the flip phones or whatever. He would yeah. text me, hey, she's going to come back. Five Take him an hours, hour to just text walking you. around. Yeah, I go back in, crash out. You know, 
Tomorrow's oh, another day. Oh my god, yeah. that's great! Yeah. I didn't know you lived, but I love Butch Bradley. Yeah, I live He's with Butch. good people. I live with he, Butch. Uh, he has some Philly roots. Yeah, yeah, he's and, uh, 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 Atlantic City. City. Yeah, yeah. But it's forty-five minutes outside. But mm-hmm. he one time I was telling him uh, there was a. Mm, I'm, it's hard for me to say it the right way, like a bubblegum gangstery kind of guy that I was in love with right. growing up. Right. Like really bad decisions, <laughs> really bad. Bad and choices make for good stories. Obsessed with him. Like my family, my brothers listen, so they'll be like, "Ugh, here she goes talking about this idiot." My mom thought I made him. Where up. is he now? Dead. Oh, uh, two in the back of the head, like oh, a person. Oh. And uh, <laughs> so I was like, I would talk about him so much. My mom thought I made it up, like Jam Brady. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And then he go to a different school. <laughs> <laughs> His name's George Glass. You know, like whatever. But I, she saw on the news he was getting arrested, and she's like, "Oh my God, that's a real person." Wow. Anyway, flashed to Butch Bradley wow. had a fist fight with him, and I was like, "What?" You had a fist fight with the love of my life. How dare you? This you is know? in his childhood youth in Atlantic City. In his youth, or like, as, uh, his comic book, Bush Bradley. This was like starting out, maybe. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, okay. him and his brother. He has a yeah, brother. yeah, 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 yeah. And they um and I, I laughed so hard because all the guys he named were all people I grew up with, and I'm like, how fucked up were they? Because yes. when they would go to Atlantic City, they would get drunk. So I'm sure they went into the maybe a comedy show or Butch was yeah, being yeah. You know, uh, speak. You know, being funny or whatever, He's and they were a, like, "You a, think a you're gigantic funny?" Personality, yes. Yeah. And he goes, "It was the scariest and greatest moment of my life." <laughs> <Because> <laughs> he, but he got he pretty much beat up the guy the I liked. Life, yes. really. And I was like, "You son of a!" Bitch. And you know, it's funny. You would look at Butch Bradley. Atlantic. Notice how nervous I am. The same name, <laughs> just out of curiosity, just in case. Atlantic City. Uh, brother was, I believe. Uh, was like a skinhead at one point. I think so. Scary shit. And yeah. Butch Bradley is the nicest guy. And you would look at him and think, there's no way this guy is that friendly with black people. Yeah. My brother. He's my brother. I'm feeling you. I know exactly. When my bro- yeah. You want to hear something crazy? My brother got his star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know who went with me? Butch, Butch Bradley. <laughs> there's a picture floating around my mother's house right now. That's my brother leaning down with star in front of the star. I think my mom is to his left. I'm standing like to his right behind him, and over my left shoulder is Butch Bradley. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's my brother. Yeah, he's a good guy. Like he's got crazy fucking stories. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my god. If you ever best, just pick his the brain, best. yes. I'm like, oh my god. The best. And the fact that you know these guys and you know what I'm talking about when I say, and he's like, oh. And yeah. who was his best friend? Steve was the Jersey Patrol. Officer? Something Steve like that. Was his name, yeah, I, think. I don't know. I yeah. I just was so upset that he beat up my boyfriend. <laughs> my boyfriend that wanted nothing to do with me. That guy. Yeah. So because it's just so weird. Whatever. But it, he did a lot with Freddie Soto. I don't know if you remember Freddie. Oh my God. Freddie's my best friend, ever. Like in L.A. Okay. My now first. Thing. Now here's a listen. <laughs> so I'm in Los Angeles. I'm doing stand up. I'm working in the factory. I'm working in the store. I'm working in the improv. All my comic friends in New York are calling to check on me. How's it going out yeah. there? They want to. They want to get the invite. Sure. So they're checking on me to see what it's about. Who's who? Who's? Hey man, anybody out there that we should know about? Yo, it's this dude out here <laughs> named Freddie Soto. Freddie Soto was the first comic that I ever called home about. Oh my god, that's so funny. He was so 
incredible to me at the time. Mm. Like I'm like I'm. He's I'm, the friendliest. I'm a few years in, so yeah. like even the guys that were like middle of the road were funny to me. Were like, oh my god, this guy's gonna be a superstar. Yeah. Freddie Soto was a superstar to me. Yeah. I saw Freddie Soto one night at the factory, and I thought this guy is gonna be the biggest guy. In yep. the world, he's gonna be the biggest name in comedy. Hey, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, uh, my, 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 come, come on, you got it. I I called home about Freddie Soto. That's how. I love that. Oh my god. I love that. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was he was on his way. He, he was, was on his way. He was doing it. He just you know emotionally. And you know, here's something else that's crazy. Uh, Johnny Sanchez remembers this story. And I think Ruben Paul remembers this story. Mm-hmm. It was my birthday, and I was in L.A. Jamie Masada had got me a cake. Okay. I did a set at the factory. We went upstairs. We had cake at the factory. Freddie came up. <laughs> uh-huh. Had a slice of cake. We were hanging out at the factory. He's, like, little sweaty and, like, you know, shaky. Sure. And, you know. Coming down. And he has a slice of cake, and he goes, hey, I'm going to go. I got to go. I got to make a run. I'll be. I'll, I'll catch up with you guys later. Mm-hmm. Two that, days later, I heard like that was the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, Johnny told me yeah. that Johnny, not about the cake, but yeah. about like just, Johnny's like, dude, it was your, it was the night that we were having cake at your birthday. Yeah, because he also said to Johnny, like, I forget what John, Johnny left him or something. And he goes, Hey, man, be careful out there. Right, me. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just the weirdest. He's the reason I do stand up. Really? Well, because when Freddie passed, I I just I didn't know what to do. It was weird. It was just like you talk about right being numb. You're just in that slow motion mode. You don't know what to do. Yeah, and I was engaged to Dice at the time, and I just just like a blank like yeah I I checked out of this. Right. I'm not sure. And then my grandma passed away 20 days later. Wow. So I was just numb, mm-hmm. and I was like I don't even know who I am or what I am. Right. Right. So I ruined right. my relationship with Dice. Unfortunately, like that was my doing, not his. Mm-hmm. And then we split up, but we stayed good friends because it was he saw that it was like right. she's going through something. This has no it wasn't I don't know personal. What it is. Right. Yeah. So and I was very close with his kids. So whatever. So we all stayed close, and they were devastated over Freddie because Freddie was at every single thing yeah. we did. Yeah. If we had a barbecue, Freddie was the first one we caught. You know, he was my closest friend. So it was like fucked up for them too as well. So we, whatever. So, um, about a year and a half later, but Freddie always used to say, you should be doing stand up. You should be doing stand up. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do that one woman show. Mm-hmm. That, uh, just talk about my family or mm-hmm. whatever. And I started working it out, writing and doing all this stuff. And Andrew and I were, we split up, but we were still close and we were doing a show on VH1 and I had him come, I go, hey, I'm going to do it at the store. Mitzi said I could do it in the belly room. So come see it. You know, check it out. I'm only doing like snippets, not Mm -hmm. a long, because he wouldn't sit through a long show. (laughs) (laughs) And he came up and he goes, "Um, you're doing stand-up. What are you doing? And I'm like, no, this is. I'm, you're it's a, a one woman show, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm thought it was something stories. else. Yeah. I know Chris Rock. Like I know comics. I'm not a comic. Dommy Rare is a comic. You're a comic. I'm not a comic. I'm I'm an idiot just telling these stories. Right. And then he took me on the road, and wow. that was that was wow. all like Freddie in my head. I still keep his picture in my back pocket. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's why I, I try to incorporate little things yeah. that only Freddie would say. On stage, that no one gets <laughs> yeah. unless it's his wife is Freddy. here. Yeah. yeah, his wife is the only one that'll ever be like, "Oh my god, did you just call that girl Big Top?" 
because um, he always called my little sister Big Top Edie. <laughs> Big Top Edie. Because <laughs> she has boobs. I was no top Eleanor. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so he's like one of my whatever. But yeah, I was, love that you. I called home about Freddie Soto. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get? Did you work with him a lot? Like different uh, factory. I, we worked a lot. Yeah, factory, yeah, he was a big factory, uh, factory guy. guy. He was there all the time. And then uh, one night I did a, I did a. Oh, I did a. What's the name of the club? The Pasadena Ice House. Ice House. Yeah. I did Ice House, and uh, I think Jeff Garcia was there, and he was killing. <laughs> you gotta put the club on your and house. And Freddie came in, and the mm. whole club knew him. And I thought, oh, he's not like a secret. I thought. I thought I I thought I was like discovering, ah. and then I would see how he, the response he got at the factory. Because he started in like ninety. I would see the response he got at the store, and I'm like, oh oh, so he's famous here, okay? Just nowhere I, else. I just yeah, didn't yeah. know. I I thought that since New Yorkers didn't know him, like he, I was discovering this guy, but I was like, oh he, they know him out here. Okay. Yeah yeah, he just went from El Paso to yeah, LA because he's too lazy to go to New first York. First guy I called home about. First guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So now you're working here. You're doing all your stuff here. Living on Butch Bradley's. Yeah. What's your first break other than getting into three? Well, of the best Eleanor, clubs? I believe that your whole career is a succession of big okay, breaks. Okay, you're right. You're right. Getting but, passed at a comedy club is a huge, huge break when you're not. You know what I'm saying? So that's a big. I agree. That doesn't. I don't minimize how that break. That was a huge break. I agree. And all three in one. Right. Week? Montreal, huge you're like break. A unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Montreal, huge break. Uh, from Montreal, I got an agent. Huge break. My yeah. agent started sending me on the road. Huge break. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah, everything. It's all huge. One huge break is the You're setup right. for the... A huge break is the... Uh, the uh, the fuse. Yeah. That lights the next boom, big boom. Got it. You know it I mean? keeps it going. Yeah. It so keeps that, the light it, going. That big break is the, is the fuse. Then it lights something. Boom. And that's a big break. Yeah. Which blows this up, which is another big break. Yeah. Which, it's all, and you can't minimalize one because they all help the other. Yeah. So, big break TV, big break stand up, big well, break. Well, yeah, you have the TV show that I, I thought was great. And it was, I don't understand. Man, listen, all of the good things that have happened to me in this business have. May I have one of these? Please. All of the good things that I have know, happened to me. Like the Snapple. <laughs> <laughs> all of the good things that have happened to me in this business. Yeah have happened from me being on stage. Yeah. That's why I'm on stage as much as I am. People look at, oh, you you did a movie, you did TV shows, you did, you, yeah, you executive produced a TV show. Why are you still calling spots in? Because every good thing that's ever happened to me in this business has happened from me being on stage. Yes. I firmly 100% believe I, that. I couldn't agree more. So I'm at the, I'm at the Laugh Factory one night. Mm-hmm. And I just do a random Thursday, Tuesday, whatever night it was. And uh, one of the waitresses comes up to me and she's like, hey, uh, this lady's in the room and she wants to meet you. <laughs> and I go over. And I think it was, uh, I think, uh, as a matter of fact, I think it was, I don't want to like say, say, say a name that it name. wasn't. Yeah. But I think I knew who the comic was who said who she was. But I'm not going to say that because I might be wrong. Okay. But I go to meet the lady and she's a casting director. Okay. Who just happened to be at a comedy club one night. Yeah. And she says, hey, are you going out for stuff? Are you reading with things? Are you... And I had just got my agent. I'm like, yeah, I'm going out. They're sending me out for some stuff, you know, here and there. And she says, well, Will Smith is executive producing a TV show, a sitcom, based on, based loosely on his life. Yeah. The divorced guy with the new wife, still going through it with the old wife, trying to do the blended family thing. 
And I think you would be perfect for this character. And I say, I would love to read. Yeah. Will Smith is doing a TV show. Hell yeah, I'd love to read for it. Yeah, that's Will and Smith. And she, she sends the audition to my people. And I swear to you, as as sure as I'm looking you in your face, I thought, my dumbass thought, you know what? It'd be cool just to meet Will Smith. <laughs> because the likelihood of you getting a sitcom right. is fucking hitting the lotto. A mil- yeah. Yeah. The you odds know. are the same. Right. So I'm like, well... Mitz. The ghost is in the Brett. room. Bretto, it fell. The light fell off the wall. It fell off the wall. I'll take a break to sip my Snapple before I tell the rest of this. Right, we, so we had a little... We well, had a little technical difficulties, but we're back. We're back. We got Snapple, a I little bit Snapple of air in the and, room. Uh, I uh, returned some text messages. So there you go. Uh, You're like, uh, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. Uh, so wait, so what was the last thing Will Smith? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So just meet. So Monica Swan is the casting director. Okay. They get me. Uh, I, I tell her, you know, hey, his, I'm with whatever agency I was with at the time, and my manager is this, and they send the audition, and uh, my agent says, yeah, you'll be reading. It'll be Monica Swan, uh, maybe her assistant, and I think Will's gonna be there. Oh shit. So I say, okay, you know what? It would be super cool just to meet Will Smith. Yeah. That would be super cool. I'm not even looking at it like I'm gonna get. This I'm gonna part. get this part. Yeah, but I will not be underprepared at all. Of course, I will be as prepared as any other human being that steps in that room that day. But you know, you never know what they're yeah, looking yeah. for. Somebody famous might get it. I'm, at this time, I'm not. Right, you're I'm, not a name. I'm not a name, and that happens a lot. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm in the hallway. It's at Overbrook, Will's office. Yeah. Will's a production company Philly boy and every young black comic is in that hallway oh the elevator God. doors open and I see this guy that guy that guy that guy that guy and now I'm maybe six months in LA uh, maybe holy shit because I'm going back and forth I'm going home yeah, and coming yeah. back I'm going back yeah. so collectively I'm maybe, maybe a year in LA okay collectively and uh, it's a bunch of guys I see from TV and I'm like Wow, that's Shit. the guy from that movie I saw. That's the guy from that TV show. Oh, he was just on a sitcom. I saw him in a commercial. I saw, it. and I'm I'm nobody. So I sit there in the hallway, and every I see the I see the false bravado. I see the comics that are like nervous, but they're trying to yeah yeah yeah. You got this in the bag, yeah okay. And I'm just like, all right, that guy's nervous. <laughs> and then I see the other guys that are like still reading sides. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. He's, he's what's that line he, again? Yeah, he doesn't have his lines memorized. And okay, I'm studying. And I'm, my shit is memorized front, back, sideways, through and through. All of it. And they, Tony Rock. And I'm, okay. And if you've ever been to Overbrook offices, it looks like, you've seen the movie Boomerang? Yeah. It looks like a scene from the movie Boomerang. That's it's hilarious. a bunch of beautiful black women walking around in different positions of power, like walking by with the with the manila envelope and some are going in offices wow. and one girl has the corner office and she's having a meeting and then you walk past that, that office room and it's five black girls and one black girl at the head of the table talking and I'm like, yes. okay, so I'll open with a joke. I go in the room and Will, I, the first person I see is Will Smith and he has my headshot in his hand. Wow. And it's Monica Swan and her cast and her assistant. And she goes, This is the guy I saw you I told you I saw her doing stand up. Oh, he was so funny. And Will's like, Oh, okay, you stand up comic, all right? And I go, Hey man, no matter how this turns out, 
please let me just just let me come back up here one day just to hang out in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> it's so many beautiful women in this office. Just if, regardless of how this audition turns out. Yeah. Just let me promise me please. I can come back up here during the lunch hour and just hang out. Yeah. And we'll bust out laughing like you got it, bro. You got it. <laughs> and he's laughing and Monica Swan is like, "You ready?" And then Will goes, "Wait, wait, wait. I'll read with him." And Ooh. takes the sides from her. And I say to myself, "Game on." All day. It let's go. So now I'm locked. I'm I'm a guy that when the, I was always told I played sports in high school sure. and junior high, when the lights are on, that's when it's even more serious. It's a bigger deal. Right. Yeah. So Will goes, I'll read with him. Okay. Now we let's go. Friday night lights. Exactly. He says his line, I say mine. So boom, boom. We go back and forth. Monica Swan is dying laughing. Oh. And he goes, Man, good stuff, good stuff. All right, take care. Thank you. And I'm like, thanks, everybody. Take care. And I'm walking out the room, and I look back. I got to look back. I look back, and he has my head shot in his hand, and he goes, Tony Rock. <sighs> and puts it down. And then I go home. I'm At this time, at this point, I'm sleeping. My me- Okay, so Richie, I, I, I'd like to give all components of the story. Yeah. So Richie had a partner that lived in L.A. Richie okay. didn't want to be flying back and forth to L.A. anymore like he did with Eddie. So he had a partner in L.A. that kind of handled me when I was in L.A. Got it. Who wasn't as hands-on as Richie was. Okay. So he had a he had he had an assistant that had a house on Pico Boulevard, and uh, unfortunately, he was going through a divorce at the time. Ugh, yeah. So his wife had left the house, and he wasn't staying at the house. So he said, "Hey, man, you can just stay here. Oh, wow, rent free. Just stay just here. Just watch like, my the stuff. House, yeah, yeah, my stuff is all, everything's here. Just so I was sleeping in his guest bedroom." In like the back of his house. Wow. It was a TV there. It was, some, I, you know, I had a little bit of money, so I would buy groceries so I could eat and sleep and it was all good. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't four Simple. star at all. Right. Simple. But I need, all I needed was a place to rest my head. Yeah. It's better than covering, cuddling with Butch right. Bradley. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so I get to the spot and uh, my manager calls and says, hey, I don't know what you did in that room, but go back tomorrow and do the same thing. Wow. And I get a callback. I go right. back. And you know how callbacks, it bills. And so first time it was Will, Monica Swan, her assistant. Now, now, it's, now it's Will, Monica Swan, his assistant, her assistant, one person from the network. Get a callback. Will, two assistants, Monica Swan, three assistants, person from the network, person from the studio. Yes. Room's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And less people in the hallway. Oh, my God. So yeah. I'm like, this might be something Oh. And then I get my final call back. I go back and they say, uh, your callback's at 11 o'clock. And uh, you got to sign paperwork. You know, you get that. You yeah, got to sign yeah. your deal first. You got to sign some paperwork. Actually, I never get that far. But Every- yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard <laughs> of it. Everything's done. Just sign. You, you, it's free to sign. You don't, we don't yeah, have to, yeah. You're free to sign. You don't have to check with us. Every, we already went right. over the deal. Everything's negotiated. Boom. I get there. It's my, my callback's for 11. I get there at like 10.15. Ooh. I'm sitting in the hallway, so right? Proud of now you. look, I get there at 1015 and this was one of those certain things happen in your life that teach you little just little things that teach you mental note. Remember this. I get there at 1015 and Will's already there. And I said to myself, that's why he makes twenty million dollars a picture. That's right. And that's why I'm here forty five minutes early. Yeah. Because I'm gonna make twenty million dollars a picture one day. That's right. So he I'm there early, he's there early. He comes out and sits in the hallway with me. And we talk from 10.15 to 11 o'clock. 
We talk about Philly cheesesteaks mm. versus New York slices of pizza. Yeah. We talk Knicks and Sixers. We talk women in L.A. Yes. We talk Fresh Prince, my favorite episode. We talk, how's your brother? How's your family? How's the move to L.A.? You did New Faces. How was it? You know, are, wow. you, are you ready for the, this career of yours? Are you going to be a hard worker? Most people talk it, but don't. We talk Walk about it. everything. Yeah. <clears throat> the network people come in. They're like, Will, whenever you're ready. Studio people come in. And he goes, all right, I got to go back inside. And he turns around and he goes, are you nervous? And I said, you know what? I was really nervous when I got here. But now, like, we I kind of not as nervous. And he said, well, I shouldn't tell you this, but you would have to really fuck this up to not get this part. Because you're the <laughs> only person we brought back to read. You're the <laughs> only person we brought shit. back to read. And I say, well, now I'm nervous as shit. <laughs> and he busts out laughing and goes in. I'm like, we'll see you in a second. And he goes in. And it's a guy reading he for... He wanted those nerves back It's a guy, re- Yeah, right. It's a nervous energy. It's a guy reading for another part that's in the hallway as well. Okay. He's reading for a different character. So he and I are talking, and they open the door, and they're like, Tony Rock, you're up first. And I go in, and Les Moonbees is watching. There's a TV with the camera mounted on top. Okay. And Will stands there. Will goes, Les. He puts his hand on my shoulder. Les, this is Tony Rock. He's reading for Dirk. This Ta-da. guy, you really got to... This is the guy. Pay attention. I'm telling you, Les, this is the guy. Wow. So Will reads. And now we're standing side by side. So we're reading like it's the scene. So I'm walking. I'm pacing. Man, listen. Let me tell you something. And I'm I'm going at it. I'm going. And uh, he goes, all right, go sit in the hallway. They bring the other guy in to read for his side. His His uh, part. His part. Then he comes out. And we're sitting there. And I don't know the process. And he doesn't know the process. So I'm like, what what happens now? We just wait here. And he goes, yeah, I think they might bring you back in to read again. Yeah. They might change it up a little bit. They give you a different side. I don't know. And I'm like, what's your name, man? He's like, James. I'm like, Tony, nice to meet you, man. And we sit there, and the door opens, and they go, uh, you guys are free to go. And we're like, okay. And I'm like, free to nice. go. I'm like, nice to meet you, James. Yeah. Take care, man. He's like, Tony, hope to be working with you one day, man. And I get home that night, and it's like, it might be like 6 in the evening. Mm-hmm. No, it, it might be like 5, 4.30. Okay. Right. My, no, my audition was 11, so I, I might have left around 12.30. Got it. Get back to the house. It's 2 o'clock. I stop and get lunch. It's 2 o'clock. 5 o'clock. I don't hear anything. And I'm thinking it's the end of the business day, end of the work day, so yeah, it should be. I guess I didn't get it because it's 5 o'clock and I didn't hear anything. And then it's like 6.30 and I'm like, damn, I, I probably didn't get it because it's late now, so they wouldn't still be in the office. Well, I don't know how the office... What, what times do they keep? I don't know what kind. What, what I love time. how we think for them. Yeah, like, I don't we, even know what time they, they leave. Whole. You know, <laughs> we don't know what time they got there. Seven o'clock. I'm like, yeah, they be they probably home by now. It's like they wouldn't. <laughs> Man, it's like eight thirty. Phone rings. Oh, by the way, so when I'm leaving, I read with with Will, and I'm leaving the room, and Les watches on the camera, and when I leave the room, the phone rings. Oh. And I'm like, oh shit, Les just called. So now I'm home. It's seven thirty, seven forty-five. I'm like, ah, it's not, probably not, not a go. And then like eight fifteen, phone rings, and my manager's on, Richie's on the phone. He goes, I go, hey, I, Richie calls me kid, or, Pally or kid. It's <laughs> such an old I, school I, yeah, thing. Yeah, I love I, that. I, I, I see, yeah, it, yeah. I see his number. Hey, hey, Pally, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm at uh, the house. Yeah, uh, uh, I I called you Pally. I I should say Dirk. <gasps> That was the character's name. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm I like, I, what? He's like, yeah, I got to start calling you Dirk now. And I'm like, I got it. He's like, you got it, Pally. Good oh job. Oh, my God. And I 
the emotions, man. I cry. Everything. I call I home. I, I call Sherrod immediately. I call my mother. I call my boys. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, this is this great. is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And then uh, maybe the next morning, afternoon, Will calls me. I get a phone call. Tony Rock. This is he. Hold for Will Smith. And I'm like, Will Smith is fucking calling. I'm, holding I'm sleeping in somebody's fucking back house <laughs> on a reclining chair with a, with a quilt. Yeah, and a big back TV that he just put back here because he doesn't want it anymore. And I'm, and this is Will Smith on the fucking phone. And he goes, "Yo, T Rock, you ready for this, man?" Oh my god, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. And he's like, "We're gonna send you all the info when we start rehearsing, and we're gonna shoot the pilot and the, all that stuff." And I, we we work and we shoot the pilot. Now we shoot the pilot, and you know you gotta wait and wait and wait. Sure, wait and get picked please, up. my nerves. So I go home. I'm like, yeah. I got to get out of L.A. I got to go home. I got to be around my people. That's right. I got to sleep in my bed. I got to get your brain see back. my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to do my spots at the strip and run around and do the cellar and, the, and stand up New York and all that. So I go back to comic mode. Right. To just get my mind off of it. And I'm just in New York working, just working and working and working. Yeah. And I'm walking down 23rd Street one day with my good friend Jason. This is one of the funniest stories. We're walking to Gray's Papaya. Okay. You know, the, you get two hot dogs sure. and, a, and it's soda for two dollars and twenty five cents. We're broke as shit. I've seen the name. Yeah, That's we're broke. Like, so we're like, yeah, okay. he got four dollars. I got three dollars. Let's go get hot dogs. Yeah. And we're walking down Twenty Third Street, the Grace Papaya. Phone rings. This is months later now. This is months later. Wow. This is into the summer, and it's uh, Tony Rock. This is he. Hold for Will Smith. And I tell my boy Jason, I'm like, yo. Will Smith on the phone. Will Smith. <gasps> so we're listening like this, like we're, I'm holding the, the kid, phone so Jason, kids. So Jason yeah. can hear. And he goes, T-Rock. And I go, what's up, man? And he goes, let's get this money. All of us got picked up. We start shooting September 18th, 19th. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. He's like, yeah, good to see you. Where you at? You in L.A.? You in New York? I'm like, I'm in New York. Well, you got to get out of here. We need you in L.A. We'll see you soon, man. Take care. Safe travel. I'll see you in a couple weeks. I'm like, all right, cool. Then it hits me. I have to move to Los Angeles. (laughs) And it was the saddest oh. day of my life. Isn't that I, weird? I never even thought about living in L.A. No. I never. If I thought, you live in New York, why would I you? I wanted to be Dave Attell, Dave Chappelle. Sure. Patrice O'Neill. Those New York guys that are. They come to L.A. That but... are like held, you know. Sure. That are royalty. Yeah. I wanted to be one of those guys. I wanted to be that. I wanted to be Colin Quinn. Oh, That yeah. just like New York guy that just walks in the strip and goes, I'm next. Yeah. Walks in the cellar. Boom. I'm up. I wanted to be that. That's amazing. And when they said, you got to move to L.A., I, I cried. Oh, my God. I was like, I got to. I can't do spots. I can't. Who is your favorite comic? Of all time? Yeah. Richard Pryor. Okay. So that's who you looked up to the yeah. most. Well, my top five is Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's my idol. I love that. Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, my brother. Nice. Patrice O'Neill, George Carlin. Great list. Yeah. So then I flew to L.A. and uh, boom, we start working. The show ran for four years. Patrice and... would be so mad that you moved to L.A.? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sell like you out. sell out, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, hey, you know, Patrice, Patrice used to tell me all the time, hey, man, you're going to be famous. But it's a pecking order, motherfucker. You can't <laughs> skip the line. And I would always go, hey, excuse me if I skip a few people. I'm sorry if I skip. Yeah, I'm like so, a, I'm a rock. Yeah, I skip, so so bitch. so uh, <laughs> I, I'm 
on a sitcom. It ran for four years. It was great. Wow. And then during the uh, we would shoot three episodes. We would shoot three weeks mm-hmm. and then off one week. And that week off, I would always go on the road. Smart. I told my agents like makes I'm a, me nervous I'm when people comic, don't do that. A comic I first. Mean. Like yeah. I got. Hey, you're a sitcom now. You don't got to go on the road so much. No, no, you lose no, your no, legs, no, you're no, no. Yeah. I've seen so many comics. Oh yeah. Get a position. And turn their back on the girl they came to the dance with. Mm-hmm. And then when they go to dance with that girl again, can't dance the same no more. dance. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same dance. He got no rhythm. Got yeah. So it's it was sad. Three weeks right? on, one week off. I'm on the road. Right. Then we wrap for the summer. I'm going the whole summer road. Yeah. So I never stopped dancing with the girl I came with. Smart. Yeah. To never, this day, I never stick stopped. with what brung you to right. the dance. Right. I believe right. is the same. Yeah. Dance with the girl who brung you. Something like Dance that. Dance with the girl who brung you. I yeah. always try to say it right, but I'm like, no, yeah. I didn't do it. So right. that's why it's always like people, hey, what are you working on? What do you do? I haven't seen you. Man, I was in Cleveland last yeah, week. I'm in Dallas I'm, next week. I'm in Toledo the week after that. I'm I'm going to always, I'm always, always going to work. Going. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to stop. That's amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I love you. you I feel much. like uh, we got in the dark somehow, but not like <laughs> with the material, just the literally Mitzi threw a light at us. Uh, Mitzi was giving us the light. Get out of here. <laughs> you never really hung out with her a lot, huh? No, like, no, no. She was so I, I was, she was declining her health by that. Yeah. Around ninety nine. And I was 2000. more I remember when I first started a I was working the factory a lot. Sure. And I would call my spots in here. And then I forgot who I, I don't want to get into name calling, but I remember I came one night because I had stopped I wasn't getting a lot of spots here like I was initially yeah we were and switching I, a lot of yeah and i came in then. one night like hey man uh i, I call my spots every week and uh, I'm, I'm not getting a response and i don't know who the guy was to this day i would be guessing to say his name he just said hey man uh we see your name at the factory on the marquee a lot so you don't need to work here if you work there oh and i was like Are they, is he serious like and i didn't work here for years for years That's i would so come in and crazy. i would come in and watch shows mm-hmm. see comics i knew on stage and i'm like oh, wow i just can't get spots here and I would call in. I would just keep calling. Like, let me see what happened. And wouldn't get spots for the longest time. Yeah. And then uh, I forgot who it was that just I ran into. Because we got rid of that guy, Tommy. That's his name. It wow. might have been Adam. I think it was Adam. Was like, Adam's hey, man, now. Uh, yeah. you, when you, you don't call spots in. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't get spots there. And he's like, call spots in. Yeah, because he took over. And yeah, I we call can... spots and now I'm back in the loop. And it's, let me tell you, I love, love the OR. I it's love my favorite. that it's just heavy hitter, heavy hitter, heavy hitter, bringing each, each other up. It reminds me in a different way of a different look of how I spoke of New York, how it was so sure. supportive in the beginning. It's sure. like, you know, the other, the other night I was in, in the OR and Anthony Jeselnik went up and he brought Ali Wong up and they do the little banter in between. Sure. And then she's like, who's next? And it's like, Jeff Ross. And she, her and Ross joke around. Right. And like, who's next? And Ross, and they tell Ross, Tony Rock. And Ross goes, oh, that's my, that's my guy. I love this guy. I'm seeing yeah. him grow up in comedy. He was like, you know, we used to watch Ross in, in New York. Like, we would run in the room to watch, watch Ross. Jeff, yeah. And he brought, now he's bringing me up. It's like, this is, like, I love this energy, this whole yeah. comic supporting comic thing. It's like, the, the feel of it is incredible. It's true. I love it. I love the OR. That's one of my favorite rooms yeah. ever. But I mean, I'm a little biased, but still. <laughs> yeah, you've been. Yeah, because like, I didn't get back in until uh, Adam. Yeah, because the other guy was a little nutty, but also Mitzi's health was declining. Right. So there was a time where I, I would yell at her, not yell at her, but I would yell at the town coordinator, like, pay attention to what you're giving her. Because she's not, like, they would turn in the list mm-hmm. and she would just put all the A's 
on the lineup. Wow. So it would be like uh, Ahmed Ahmed, Aaron Cater. Like it would just go down the A. <laughs> Ahmed Ahmed was like, yes, like, motherfucker. We Every love, week, bitch. We love Ahmed. It's not that we don't love Ahmed. It's just that it was weird. You don't want eights. Ahmed Ahmed every goddamn night. Let's keep it real. <laughs> It's, it's like a, a radio station. And she loves a Ahmed. All Ahmed Ahmed all day. <laughs> oh, Ahmed. It's the Ahmed station. Shout out Ahmed Ahmed. She loved him. She One time I was at her house and he was coming over. He would always, he's very, like, a, just a genuine nice guy. Right. So he would stop by just to see how she was feeling. And, I mean, sure, he might have been working spots, but I think he was <laughs> genuinely nice. And so she, I, she would go, oh, I got to put makeup on. Ahmed's coming over. And she had, like shaky hands you know from her wow, sickness wow. and i'm like bitch give me that eyeliner <laughs> you're gonna lose the eye i'll get you a little looked up for a meta med calm down it was so great but anyway um well i'm thrilled you're back i think you're yes amazing. i'm happy to be back thank you glad so you're enjoying your snapple delicious probably as always. thank you very much as hot as where a meta med comes no no from they, in i put it in the building. freeze I put oh, okay. in the fridge. <laughs> oh yeah it that is oh the room yeah this, this, you see, I took the jacket off. So fucking five minutes in, in i was like jacket yeah. off literally swamp ass yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, and they probably can't even see us in the cameras. But what's your social media? It's Tony Rock. Uh, Tony Rock on Twitter. Tony underscore Rock on Instagram. Okay. Uh, TonyRockComedy dot com. I have my tour dates, my foundation. I think I have my merchandise there, which I have to get more merchandise. Uh, and Go uh, yeah, see just keep him in, live. keep in touch. I'm in DC this weekend at the DC Improv. Nice. Next weekend I'm in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. With uh, Gary Owen and Tommy Davison. Nice. That's Friday night. Saturday night, I'm in Mobile, Alabama with Gary Owen, Mike Epps, and Ricky Smiley. Damn. Was that yeah. like a big venue? Yeah, I do obviously? two tours a year. Okay. I, do, I do my tour, you know, comedy clubs, Funny Bones, Improv Regular with my guys you. that I bring to feature. And then I do the big tour with Mike and That's Ricky amazing. And, you know, so one weekend, I'm in front of 17,000. Next weekend, I'm in front of Yeah. That's a great yeah. lineup, too. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Tommy, of course. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. School. Amazing. My amazing guy. Um, all right, guys, don't forget, come check out Live Comedy, Laugh Factory, Comedy Store, Improv. Yes, Support yes. it all. There's enough of us to go around. We're everywhere. So I, I love every club. I don't shit on every club. Absolutely. Just, Absolutely. Everybody knows the Comedy Store is the best. A bunch though. of crazy kids <laughs> living our dreams, man. <laughs> I mean, we're just... Comedy store is top of the line. But you know what I'm saying. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, come out. Go to EleanorJKerrigan.com for all my tour dates. And just come support live comedy. Leave comments. Subscribe. Do all that shit. Don't be an idiot. Tony, get a podcast. Will do. Quick. I got a lot to talk about. As you Too can much. See. As you can see. Yes. Amazing. Yes, yes. All right. Podcast thank you coming guys. soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by MyBookie.com. For all your betting needs this season, check out my bookie. Yeah. Use that promo code STORE. How do you spell that? S-T-O-R-E. That's right. It's like a spelling bee. Yep. They'll double, they'll double your first deposit if you use that. So that's definitely a good plan. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. It's so easy to do. It's it, Look, it's a new season. Things are all mixed up now. You know, I'm only going to recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me personally. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm living big. You know, I drive a 2013 Toyota Camry and <laughs> it didn't just fall into my lap. That's true. I happened to make a couple really good decisions over at my bookie and... That led me to the automobile of my dreams. That's impressive. Uh, I like that. I I just love also that like my bookie has better bonuses and yep. more prop bets than any other sports book. I mean, they they just they have it all. They I have mean, live in game betting on every single NFL game. They yeah. got the most 
rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're a fantasy guy or girl, you know, you can even bet over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. Yeah. So that, you know, that adds another element to your fantasy game. Right. They're also, this year they're having the first online uh, handicap super contest. Yep. Uh, And first place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000. And it only costs $100 to get in. Yeah, that's a good bet. You know, if I'm putting 100 in, I want to make sure I'm getting at least 100,000 out. <laughs> so I don't I don't lose. That's yeah. my thing. Put a hundred in the ATM, you don't get anything. Put it on mybookie.com. Exactly. Why right. not? Using promo code store. S T O R E. Spell the same every time. Every time That's you spell a safe it the bet. same. S T O R E. What if I spelled it wrong? That's mybookie M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code store S T O R E. I think they realize a lot of our listeners can't spell, and that's the important part is we got to let people right. know. Look, it's real simple. You bet, you win, yep, they pay. Easy. Do it. Don't be an idiot. Have a fun season. It's fun to gamble on a game. My mom always says, why do you gamble on the game? It makes it more stressful. No, not stressful. Exciting. It gives you a reason Exciting. to actually care. Yeah. Yes. So go to mybookie.com. Use promo code. How you spell it, Rick? S-T-O-R-E. S-T-O-R-E. It's that simple. <laughs> no accents, because this is good old-fashioned American English. S-T-O-R-E. So we don't need, a, you know, accent, goo, or whatever that European crap is. When it just change the accents from? But you, if Listen, if you want to go to mybookie.com in different accents, fine. S-T-O-R-E. I don't know what accent that yeah, was, I'm, but I'm it was sure. exciting. It, was. it got exciting it on good. the E. <laughs> just check it out guys uh Please. go win some money and uh and then you know send it to us if one of our <laughs> listeners wins that hundred grand send us yeah give just us a, a little percentage. bit and uh you know we'll make sure to you know uh, respect you which is a rare thing we don't respect a lot mybookie.com s-t-o-r-e promo code